We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, some news from uh, NFL reporter Josina Anderson. She's reporting the Chiefs have discussed bringing... Pep Hamilton in for a possible spot on their staff. We know this spot has opened up because Eric Bieniemy is now the OC in DC. The expectation, right, is that Matt Nagy is going to get promoted from QB coach to offensive coordinator, which means there could be a quarterback spot, coach spot available. Pep Hamilton had been with the Houston Texans on Lovey Smith's staff. He's been around the league for quite some time. He was the OC in Houston, was the quarterback coach with the Chargers as well. Very well respected offensive mind around the league. So an interesting name to come up. Um, again, we'd be talking about a quarterback coach spot, even even though they have to interview for or passing game coordinator, right? Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, they want, like whatever they want to title. But Pat Hamilton would certainly be, I think, really interesting, intriguing name if the Chiefs were actually to hire him. So they're the right kind of person to put on your staff. He'll end up just being a yeah, quarterback coach or spread game analyst or any of those things that kind of fall under the purview of working with the quarterbacks. If you listen to people around the league, people really like him. There's no reason to think that it wouldn't work here in Kansas City. And if I were Pat Hamilton. Pretty good chance of, you know, any kind of upward trajectory movement in the NFL, especially if, you know, they're going to lose both Craig Lewis. We know they lost Eric Bieniemy at his opening press conference today for Washington. Reports are Greg Lewis obviously might head over to Washington with him as well. Next up on what's trending, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Yeah, that's the thing that's <laughs> trending. Has come to an end, and now the league yeah. waits to see which way he is leaning about staying in Green Bay. There's been no real indication from him. He said he wanted this to kind of focus on and figure out who he was and what he wanted to do and what the next step is for him. He has a full no trade clause. So if he were to get traded, he would have to rework his contract so Green Bay could do it. He is fully in control here. It cost him more money to cut him than to keep him as the starting quarterback. This is fully an Aaron Rodgers decision. The Packers almost have nothing to do with it. They don't have really much of a say in this other than waiting to find out what Aaron Rodgers decides to do next. Next up on what's trending, a couple of sports wagering related items. Number one, uh, Governor Laura Kelly on the Kansas side today officially cashed in her sports bet. She made the first sports bet uh, in Kansas way back on September 1 when she bet on the Chiefs to win uh, the Super Bowl. And she, she cashed in that $15 bet also. 15 uh, bucks, that's all she won? And Yeah, she won $150. In addition oh, okay. to her original $15 bet, Chiefs quarterback Mahomes' was a charity, she's going to put the additional hundred uh, additional $1,500. Uh, dollars to charity for the, from the Penn Entertainment Foundation to Mahomes' charity. So all the money's going to Mahomes' charity anyway. But uh, she she made one bet, and she cashed in the ticket. Now, on the Missouri side, we know you cannot legally wager on sports. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Alex Gold, you saw last night I gave a little updated video. While we've been on the air, I've been talking to Cody during the breaks about this. Uh, it's been an active day in Jefferson City. That is because there was sports wagering bills on the Senate side that were discussed today. 
One of them, Cody, was voted out of the Senate committee. We'll head to the Senate floor. That is just sports wagering only. But there was another bill that had sports wagering in these VLTs, these video lottery terminals. If you remember from last year, that was a holdup and why Missouri did not get it done. And that bill this year did not even get voted out of committee. So the senator, Denny Hoskins, uh, who supports that bill, Cody, went straight to the Senate floor and has now been filibustering for the last uh, almost two hours now and holding the Senate floor hostage. And this is why nothing ever gets done. And uh, I'll have an update on this video-wise later today, but it's very, very interesting development on sports wagering. Are Are we willing to get this political on this? He's complaining about the way government works. Nick, how do we feel about that? We really shouldn't be going there, Gold. We absolutely (laughs) are going there. He said this is how government works. They like to control these things. (sighs) Tough. Tough. I'm never going to get to a wager in Missouri. That's fine. I'm I mean, sitting in Kansas so right while, now. So while the filibuster is not good, the fact that it, his bill did not get voted out of committee is actually very, very good news. It maybe tells you that there's more pressure than ever to sell, separate the VLTs from the sports wagering and just have two separate bills and let VLTs stand on their own and see if they can pass a VLT bill on their own at some point and not tie it and hold up sports wagering. So I'll keep uh, keep on tracking that. You can follow me on Twitter. I'll put out a video later today. Next up on Watch Training, the Denver Broncos finally settle in on a defensive coordinator after multiple interviews there in Denver. They go with old head coach Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph only got a year as head coach in Denver five years ago. Will Sean Payton bring him back to be their defensive coordinator? I was, I think you're probably right. Ryan was probably, Rex Ryan was probably the much worse choice. (laughs) Vance Joseph, a much more logical one. Just always funny to see, like what happened with Kansas City one time. It is always funny to see like a, a guy who was a head coach of your team come back and be the defensive coordinator for that same team. Yeah, it's definitely not a regular occurrence by by any means. Um, but I actually think as a defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, I mean, the hire makes sense that, you know, you look at the candidates that they were looking at. It's actually a good staff in Denver, but we all know none of it matters, man, unless Russell Wilson can get figured out. I mean, that, that is all that matters there. That's it. None of, no, nothing else is going to mean a damn thing. They're they're cooked the division is going to be i have so much different feelings about the division going into this year this next upcoming season than i did a year ago because right now you're like well the raiders have no quarterback the broncos have a quarterback but he's bad um and then there's the chargers who finally did make the playoffs and are now changing off the coordinator defensive coordinator and their head trainer so god knows what's happening there good times that is what's trending here on Cody and Gold. Reminder, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour today, Kyle Isbell from Surprise, Arizona, battling for the center field job with the Royals. He's going to join us, and we'll have him here on your flagship station at home for the Royals 610 Sports Radio. And tomorrow, Royals baseball will be on the air. It'll be nice to hear some baseball once again on the radio. It has been quite some time since we've had that. And so tomorrow, the Cactus League opener, uh, around 2 o'clock or so, right after our show, we'll hand things off to the Royals radio network, and they will have the call for you against the uh, the Rangers, and it'll be our guest from yesterday, Daniel Lynch, on the bump, maybe for an inning, and they'll kind of go through like they normally do. It'll be a while before those guys get stretched out enough. I can't wait for actual baseball. I very much enjoy it, and I know that it's only spring training, but that's the best time because then you haven't been beaten down by, you know, the possibility of the team struggling or not being as good as you thought they should be and all those things. So this should be at least a nice uh, nice change of pace here as we uh, get Daniel Lynch hopefully there. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later on. Yeah, some of the stuff is a little bit concerning from a, like why it took so long to make adjustments to pitching development and all the things that come in there. But it also gives me hope that maybe this will be a, a big swing year for the Royals from that perspective as they've spent the last couple of years 
waiting for all these good young starting pitchers who did so well through the minors to come up and have success in the big leagues. I want to get back into the Chiefs in a, in a second. We were talking about the the offseason plan for Kansas City, and we can get into how aggressive you think they need to be in, in a particular market. But there is something that's going on in collegiate sports, though, right now as well, Cody, where it, it seems obvious, though, despite how dire things were for the Big 12 a year and a half ago, two years ago. Oh, it looked pretty bleak, um, especially when you're, you know, your two biggest properties are saying we're going to the biggest property. It's not great. The Pac-12 is in much worse shape. And some of that indication was the news this week that they're looking at going solely to Apple TV, which we know streaming, yes, is the future, but we've been saying that for a while, and it hasn't been as successful for television as everybody thought it was going to be. We're not, we're not at the point yet where you can solely say, we're just going to only be on a streaming platform and it's going to work out. And take, by the way, take the NFL out of this for a second. Uh, they're still not solely streaming just because Thursday night football is on Amazon. Doesn't mean sure. they don't. They, because they have one. One game. One game yeah. a week. One game a week. And by the way, if it's your local team, guess where you, you still, still get, get on a local feed. Bingo. Yeah, you still get over the air if you want with your, your local affiliates. So the Pac-12 wanting to, to work with Apple TV is fine. But if you're going to put all your games on Apple TV, if, if people can't have easy access to it, that is not good for your product, for your brand, and it's not good for conference realignment. And if you're a school in that conference, you already are losing Oregon and USC to the Big Ten. The big, this is why the Big 12 still, to me, has an opportunity, Cody, to be aggressive and, and go and poach schools. Because, to me, the Pac-12 is, is the most vulnerable of the bunch. You get to provide the death blow. Kill them. Because they're already dying. Kill them off. It's time. Because... Realistically, right now, for whatever we might have thought in those moments, and, and I think a lot of what this show's conversation was is, uh, you know, make sure you're not the one left behind, and, you know, these things are fairly even, and it could just as likely be you. Like, I get it. It's the Big 12 has positioned itself as we are college basketball because they can't position themselves as we are college football. The SEC owns that title and will forever probably own that title. And you can't be where the second biggest college football conference because the Big Ten owns that, and you have no chance to crack into that. Instead, the Big 12 made a couple of very smart strategic moves to keep itself alive. They positioned themselves as the preeminent college basketball conference. It's why they've had conversations with Gonzaga and are getting ready to add Houston, who is currently the number one team in the country, in addition to what is already the deepest college basketball conference in the country, not particularly close. But the difference is they went out and they got their media rights deal and we found out who values what. Real networks with real money, big dollars that are likely to last forever wanted you. If you are the first, being the first one to jump to streaming is not the way to live. Look, when it's all streaming gold and you're there, fine. But it's, it's going to be the death blow to their conference. People are not going to make that shift. We knew that it was not, you know, like if, even from an MLS perspective, we understand why some of these smaller leagues do it. Like, all right, all of our media rights under one home. Apple TV is going to take us all in. If you're a big MLS fan, you'll find it. But Pac-12 is not going to have that kind of draw. Pac-12's dead. You should just go finish them off and pluck off the two teams you want. Yeah, the Pac-12 doesn't have a TV partner. <laughs> That's, I mean, they, they don't have a TV partner, and so that is why Apple TV uh, Plus, whatever the service is called now, is is their main target because other streaming platforms as well are interesting. Like, here's the thing. I don't know if you have an Apple TV subscription or whatever, but I do. Of, out of all the streaming platforms, like that's also not the best. Like that's also not the most popular one. 
Like, it's not like there's, oh, we're going to get you a Netflix or Amazon or, or, or Amazon or whatever. Like, Apple TV Plus, like, that, that's where they're going. Do you going. not have Apple TV? I do not have Apple TV. I have the MLS package because I get it through my cell phone provider, much like the MLB I get the because of my cell phone provider. Um, but the Pac-12, you're, already, you're, you're losing teams to the Big Ten, and now who you're, you're currently part with ESPN and Fox Sports, that ends at the end of the season. And are they going to renew your contract? The Big 12 already leapfrogged you. They, you, the Big 12 signed extensions with ESPN and Fox. If you're Apple, you like it because you're trying to find more sports content. So if you're Apple, I get why you're, you're interested in this and why you, you'll pony up. But if the Pac-12 is going to do it, it's probably not going to just be football. It's going to be basketball as well. Like, there's just not going to be enough of an audience. Like there's, and I, you know, like these subscribers, like Apple TV, right? The reason why, the reason why they're doing it is they think they can draw more people to their, you know, you know, to their product by buying up these sports rights, and that's where the media stuff is going there. But Amazon is the second largest content streamer, and by the way, will eventually pass Netflix too. Let's just face the reality here. Look at the NFL; they're going to pass Netflix one day too. Netflix is getting ready to. Netflix thinks it's going to increase its its subscriber rate because they're getting ready to like make people who aren't in the home try to do that thing, but it's not likely. I mean, I think that they're like, I'm just looking at like television ones. They're like seventh, eighth, ninth. Like, look, I've got an Apple one because like I watched uh, severance or whatever. Right. There's a couple of shows. You Lasso's might watch on, on, uh, on Apple. Ted Lasso. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it is like, it's going to be an additional price. That's how they're doing MLS. I don't just get MLS because I'm an Apple TV subscriber. It's another twelve. I get a month. the NFL if I'm an Amazon subscriber. But I'm not paying more. Right. If I already subscribe to Prime, that's part of the deal. Yeah, no, it's one game, but I get the point. Fine, but like I get it, right? Like if I have to not only have Apple TV, but in addition to that, subscribe to the Pac-12 network. No chance. Apple TV's five bucks, dude, or seven bucks now. I think it went up like six ninety nine. Seven bucks. If you're gonna tell me it's an additional fifteen dollars a month just to watch Oregon football, I'm out. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You can be the decider. Like, if I were them, if I were the Big 12, I would just go for the shot. Finish them off. Because right now, if we're heading towards four conferences, which clearly are, the Pac-12 is the one who's out. And I don't see any – I don't even actually think there's a way to shift it back. But there's no reason to take that risk. There's no reason to let them back in the game. Don't let them play the game and find some way and do some – you know, like, find a way to survive a little bit longer. Because these conferences should have probably tried to kill the Big 12 when it was on death's door for a brief bit. They had a chance to knock them off, and they let them get stronger. Because at the time, I thought the first conference realignment, the Pac-12 was in much better shape than the Big 12. And now it's the reverse. Don't let 15 years from now it be the reverse again. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll talk more streaming. It's actually something that's going to happen on Netflix this summer that relates to Patrick Mahomes, and I think it'll give us a glimpse that we've never seen before. We'll talk more about that and what that could mean in 15 minutes. Uh, But back to the Chiefs and what draft assets they have, which is right now I think nine picks, but they can pick up some more comp. Uh, they will, yeah. Now, look, it, for some people, someone did ask this question earlier as they were watching Eric Bieniemy get introduced as the OC. Unfortunately, what, you know, we, we've now talked about Eric Bieniemy becoming a head coach or whatever, or in other positions. Yeah, you don't get they're comp not, picks. Yeah, they're not, you don't get a comp pick for the for him going to Washington D.C. Now, if, if he goes and gets a head coaching gig next year, the Commanders get well, the Commanders get a couple draft picks if he goes and becomes a head coach. But the Chiefs are going to have double-digit picks, it looks like again, Cody. And last year, we didn't think the Chiefs were going to use all those picks, and they basically did. And they nailed them. This year, can you be more aggressive with those picks to to move up in the draft? 
because you have probably six, seven, you don't want them targeting veterans, maybe eight different positions. I'm not a huge fan of going out and trading draft picks to go acquire veterans uh, at this point. No, you know, because if you're going to tell me it's wide receiver, I'm not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. If you're going to tell me it's a defensive lineman, I'm not as sold on going and trading uh, and giving out uh, two $100 million contracts in one offseason. If you're going to say, well, they did it in the past, they did. They did. When their quarterback and matched, it worked. It, it Led to two Super Bowl Absol- titles. Absolutely. But their quarterback was on a rookie deal when they did that. That's when they did the Chris Jones and the Frank Clark deals. Uh, that was, in fact, when they did the Frank Clark trade and gave him the $100 million deal, Cody, Chris Jones was not on the mega deal yet. Now you're talking about Mahomes is on a huge deal. Chris Jones potentially will be on one. And then you want to go trade draft assets and then go sign a defensive lineman with those draft assets that you're trading for. I, I'm not as sold on that approach. Do I want them to be aggressive with their draft picks in the draft in terms of moving up? Absolutely. We saw Brett Veach's willingness to trade up and get Trent McDuffie this past year. Like I, and I get it. You're always going to ask who, but like I defensive lineman, like I don't <laughs> care if it's Yannick Ngakwe. I don't care if it's Montez sweat. Some of the other guys who have come up in trade conversations amongst other teams who could use the draft assets. I am willing in this year to take those chances. We probably had this conversation a little bit last year when I think I was telling you I, I wanted them to go after Zadarius Smith, uh, another player that I thought would do it. Now, look, their their methodology was was good. They brought in plenty of talent. They took their chances on some cheap veteran deals. But I feel like you're better positioned than ever to take that risk, to put a veteran in here, to take a chance, to try to win back-to-back Super Bowls. To me, the young nucleus of this team is good. You're all right. We talk so much about how big of an impact these rookies make. If instead of, let's say, it's projected 10 or 11 picks in this year's NFL draft, you make seven, and it's, you know, you lose out on a third or a second or your first. You know, like, more than ever, you can afford that. Because part of me is trying to look, and I'm I'm trying to think years ahead, kind of like Brett Feach does, which is, okay, right now we're in a good position. Who who all are we going to have to pay? We know they're going to have to pay Chris Jones. We know that at some point, like you said, maybe they have to rework Patrick Mahomes' contract. A couple guys in the offensive line, I don't think they'll pay. Like, they're not going to continue to pay Tooney and pay Creed and pay Trey. If they're going to pay Trey and Creed, then Tooney's probably gone. Okay, so that's let's call that a wash for now. That's two guys paid on the offensive line versus two guys who might be paid on the offensive line now. There are no big deals floating around right now at wide receiver of guys you have to pay. There, there's the Legere Steed contract at some point that, that is going to be a topic of conversation this offseason. It's a guy who's going to want to raise. But there's still, like, there aren't that many guys coming up that's like, well, check after check after check. Because some of these guys, because of the way they drafted them, are at positions where more often than not, you're going to just draft their replacement in a year or two. But it doesn't have to be this year. Because of the amount of time left on some of the contracts for these guys, like Bolton and Williams and Watson and Creed, like there's actually a little bit of leeway to use some of these picks this year to make sure you put the best team you can on the field right now and don't think too many years in advance when you're the defending Super Bowl champ. Yeah, just like, is, this, is this the year where they're, to your point, is this the year where they're willing to do that, though? They fi- to me, they finally kind of cleared themselves up and put them in a, in a pretty good cap situation. A year or so ago, you could. You're argue, just saying use those package yeah, and get better players yeah, in the draft, like, rather like, than go find the veteran, like year, which is not a, word, a bad plan either. A year or so ago, they were in kind of I won't say a cap hell by any means, but they, they you know some cap. It was they were up against it. They 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 were up against it, and they kind of I think cleared the deck a little bit with how they approached last off season. 
I would argue that you could do that one more year to a certain extent, and then you're then you're really sitting pretty, not only with guys you're going to have to give deals to, but then you can go and make that big splash signing. I, I don't think they're going to be all that active in free agency. I, I don't. I know you're advocating trade and then and sign, but I, I don't believe they'll be as active as maybe others do in the free agent market in particular because of some of these young players they have. I think you can use draft assets to now be a little bit aggressive, Cody, and get the luxury type of piece in the draft way earlier than they have had before. Like because you you hit on 20 of 22 picks, I think you can trade three of those draft picks if necessary to go up and move up in the draft. And Start go looking get, for go higher get, talent go, and not quantity, go, which is the way they've been succeeding. Go get that stud edge rusher in the teens. Go get that stud wide receiver in the teens this year. Go go get maybe what someone you view as the future left well, or I'm right I'm fine tackle. with that option too. Like I think that to me, that's where they're positioned really well to go and do it because they have a lot of those, those other holes filled. Is, and some of these guys that we're talking about being free agents – they're not a lot. They're not big time deals. The, out of all the guys that are free agents, not not guys that we're thinking about, they're going to do deals before their deals are up. Like Chris Jones, I'm talking about guys whose contracts have expired. Other than Juju, none of them are big time deals because they're going to, you know, franchise tag Orlando Brown Jr. We're not counting him. I'm talking about guys that are truly going to be free agents after this week. I think that you know what's funny is like now all of a sudden I'm talking about, like we're in the middle of this conversation. I'm like, can't you do both? Like can't like. What, like I mean, sure, both I mean, of my plan, like can. part yeah. of it is like the, well, and like, it's less about like, I, I guess both of my, like they've done such a good job at volume drafting. You do some of those picks and then trade down. Like they're, they're doing a good job right now of fight. Look, they're not doing like, you could still make the argument that the one thing Brett Veach isn't doing is finding superstars. I don't really care right now because of the Super Bowls thing. I, I think, um, and I, and like, and I understand that that's going to, you know, like is Karloftis or McDuffie, those are probably their next best chances to be that. Or Creed Humphrey is one of the best players at his position, but it's center, so we, maybe we should mention that as a guy who's not superstar is not right, but superstar level talent or ability or play certainly should be a part of this conversation. But they do such a good job at volume drafting. I, I just feel like even if they gave up some of their draft assets and they wanted to take 10 more players in the draft, I'm not so sure that they couldn't just trade down in some other spots, volume draft again, and still go get veteran players. I don't want them thinking too much in the long, the long-term matters. I just felt like last year they did so much of that that they can afford a little bit of aggressiveness this season. And I would specifically, as I mentioned, look to the defensive line, especially because of some of the free agents are going to be losing. The Carl uh, Loftus pick last year was 28 overall. And it's your, I think you said this earlier about like can't guarantee stuff repeats itself, and I would agree, which is why like, I don't think they can just sit at 31 and think they can get an edge rusher at 31 that's going to get six sacks next year. But maybe we, they get one at 18 we, or 19. We looked at the yeah. history. What Karloftis did this year bucks a lot of the trend of drafting a player after, what was it, 22, I think, the, the, the average position. I know he was drafted at 28, but when you get drafted after 22 um, as an edge rusher, what the average sack rookie season numbers are, and it's like, what, three? Three and a half. He doubled it up. He du- he basically doubled it up. So I I don't know if you want to sit there at thirty one and think well we can, let's say it's, let's say the position is edge rusher. I don't know. They can draft. Seven, That's going to be on their list. You know? There's no doubt about it. Or do you feel like all right, this year we can? But we've got you know we've, we're feeling pretty good about our roster. We've got a bunch of young pieces. We got a lot of picks. Let, let's let's trade a couple. Let's try to get to seventeen because there's a guy we think is a can't miss guy at seventeen. He's sitting there at seventeen. And let's get think, him. And we think he might be another guy that can get us eight sacks this year in his rookie year, or six sacks in his rookie year. Then you have Karloftis with that guy with Chris Jones. Okay. All right. Now we're talking and, about a pass and rush. And we got yeah. something for the. And we got all three of them would be there for locked up for three plus years. Okay. So that's that'll be interesting to see uh, as we get closer and closer to the draft and 
I mean, we're not even at the combine yet. We got two months and the draft's going to be in KC. We'll have plenty of time to discuss all these. But this is this is why the NFL's king, because the offseason is at times, unless your team's winning championships, the offseason can be more interesting for some teams than the regular season. <laughs> for the Chiefs, we just get I want them just, to go for the dynasty. That's why I want the aggressiveness. Sure. Like I want them to go for the third win in five years and to call themselves a dynasty, one of the single greatest yeah. runs of all time. That's what I want. Coming up next, we'll, we'll get to some comments from Eric Bieniemy as he had his press conference today that introduced as the OC in D.C. He was asked about LaShawn McCoy's comments. We'll, we'll tell you what that quote was from E.D.B. and also something that's going to happen on Netflix this summer related to Patrick Mahomes. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Cody and Gold. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. So out in Washington, D.C. today, former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy now getting introduced as the new assistant coach and offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. And earlier we mentioned he was he was asked, you know, about like why, you know, why now and things like that. And he kind of just said it was time to to move on. He was also just a few minutes ago asked about the comment from LaShawn McCoy that we've played on the show before. LaShawn McCoy basically just saying he didn't he didn't see the it's like literally the, the co- only the former head, chief who has a problem yeah, with Eric the head coaching traits right like he, he didn't he, you know he wishes in the best but he didn't see it and Eric Bieniemy, of course took the high road and said quote uh, in response to LaShawn McCoy's comments he's a future Hall of Fame runner everyone is entitled to their own opinion that's life you got good you got bad it doesn't impact me in any way uh and he like he usually does, of course, is very respectful and in, in, in praising others. He also said, the one thing you learn in this position is you don't have to eliminate, you have to eliminate distractions. My job is to focus on the now. Everything outside these walls has no impact on Eric Bieniemy moving forward. We've seen Tyreek Hill support Eric Bieniemy both on Twitter and in his podcast. We've seen countless players do so, and that's why LaShawn McCoy, uh, who was here for a cup of coffee before getting benched, before being asked to hold on to the damn football, uh, makes sense why he's the one player that was was critical of Eric Bieniemy. I okay, so Bieniemy shouldn't even have to respond to this idiot for starters. 
Tyreek Hill on his, I know, much maligned and sometimes criticized on this show. It just had to be. <laughs> it needed to be said. It needed right? to be said. This podcast. time it might have needed to be said. It kind of didn't need to be said. He went out of his way to really defend Eric Bieniemy and talk about how he helped him grow and how he wouldn't be the wide receiver he was without Eric Bieniemy and how it's offensive that he's not an NFL head coach. And I don't understand, like, because for all the times I've now had to talk about Eric Bieniemy's not a head coach with other markets, including people in D.C., mm-hmm. they're always like, but what about McCoy? I'm like, find me. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you a deal. Find me one single other player who has ever said that about Eric Bieniemy, and I will at least entertain the thought that this is somehow thought of by the group. But there's one, one dude, and there's 80 of them who are saying nice things. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill. Look, there is a common thread that he's a hard ass. He's hard on you. He expects perfection. He gets mad at you when you don't strive to be better, work to be better, try to be better. Like, he gets frustrated by those things. That is a common thread amongst the things people say. That does not make him a bad NFL head coach. Gives me a sense that, you know, Dan Campbell might have a similar vibe to his coaching style. The I'm going to be a hard ass about this is not a bad trait sometimes in NFL head coach. Probably depends on your group, depends on the structure of your team and all the things that come in there in between. But it's just like, I don't know why he has to keep defending himself against this one, one guy, just one guy with a microphone and the Sean McCoy's the only person reiterating these thoughts. I did the sense I really got from him was he just wanted a new challenge. And I kind of get it. Like from an offensive coordinator perspective, could you can see why you would just feel like he's just doing the same thing over and over again? I think we've all felt that way at some point in our lives, Gold, where you're just like, I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over again. I need a new challenge. I need something else to challenge myself or do something different. I could see why he was ready to leave Kansas City for that perspective. And honestly, he took on about as big a challenge as you could, considering his resume. Taking on the Washington Commanders coordinator job with no secure ownership and no secure head coach. Yeah, the ownership I think will get no wrapped secure. up here in the next month, but yeah, but that but that doesn't mean the guy who's currently his boss has job security. So like ownership's not secure, which means his boss's job is not necessarily secure, which means his job is not necessarily secure. And in addition to that, he doesn't even know who the hell the starting quarterback's gonna be there. Like they don't know what that team looks like yet. And we don't even know what the benchmark, as you've pointed out, for success is for him. Yeah. I would say if he's a top 15 offense, all right. I agree. EB, I I mean, Sam Howe, top 15 offense? Kudos. I mean, throw a damn parade, but still, it's just insane. Yeah, as would I, Cody. Like, I I think if you you elevated that offense to top 15, to me, that's enough. But I'm just, you know, what what will be the, the argument? What will be the argument if he's able to pull that off with Sam Howe as his quarterback? And None. have an offense that is good enough uh, to be top 15. And if that's the case, maybe be a playoff team. And then then what's the story the next year, the next offseason? What? Uh, because he, what? Uh, he, we'll just be left he, to uh, the what? biggest reason anyway. Yeah, like what? So it's pretty, like this, this is pretty cut and dry uh, if he's able to have a top 15 offense. I and even top 15 is a weird benchmark for me. It's like, yeah, it's so weird. He could be 21st. And right. Like, Did he improve? Did he make Sam exactly. Howe look good? Was the offensive design good? There's still a talent issue that exists. I did see a couple of like uh, Washington writers would be like, you know, I'm so, you know, like, boy, he talks like a head coach. I'm like, yeah, we know. <laughs> and anytime you listen to Eric Bienemy speak in settings like that, as you've mentioned, he speaks in some cliche. There's no doubt about that. But it's like, so do a lot of coaches. So does Andy Reid. 
Uh, Andy Reid doesn't uh, say much, okay? Yeah, yeah. Time's yours. <laughs> I look forward to the challenge. They're a good football team. Like, he just says the same. He has, like, the same 15 catchphrases. He mixes in a cheeseburger, and then every once in a while, Andy gives us a little nugget, and we're very happy that he's, like, let us inside the inner circle of the things he's thinking, but he's very protective. He's very careful with what he says. Eric Bieniemy operates in the same tone. But we talk about it with him in a press conference setting like it's a bad thing. But his honesty today was really, it was good. He talked about why he was willing to leave. He understood why he took this challenge. He understood why it was time to make this change. Those things did make sense. And honestly, I think it's been a couple of years in the making. It clearly goes back to more than even last year when Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid were having these same conversations. Gold, you could see that the writing was on the wall and that they had kind of gotten to this point that it just made sense. Honestly, it just made sense to keep moving forward. This summer, though, we're going to get a glimpse, uh, maybe maybe some more Eric Bieniemy in this new documentary so. because it's going to be a Netflix series called Quarterback, and it's going to have Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, certainly three different uh, stages of, of quarterbacks, uh, and Patrick Mahomes is the most featured of them all, most decorated of them all. And it's going to be done by NFL Films. It's the first partnership the NFL has done with Netflix. It's also the first uh, production for Mahomes' new production company, 2PM Productions. Mahomes is partnering up with Omaha uh, Productions, of course, with the Mannings, uh, Mannings and everything like that. And so that's that's just a big opportunity for him in that regard. But they had him mic'd up. They followed him around all season, on and off the field. It's a pretty good get so to like, get Mahomes, the, by the way. The, the, the ax- yeah, no kidding. The access is going to be incredible. The question will be how much is edited out, how much is is approved. Is it going to be filtered the way, as you pointed out earlier, Hard Knocks is? Is it going to be something where the They're team... They're going to be protective. How much is shown, how much isn't? Uh, I'll be really curious, but this will definitely be the deepest uh, dive into his life we've ever been able to see so far. Look, I mean, it's not even close. There's a So when you know you're mic'd up for a game, let's say Mahomes knows he's... They know ahead of time, right? Oh, I'm mic'd up for the... They were playing the uh, Cincinnati AFC title game, right? We see those little clips. You could probably protect yourself a little bit, right? Be careful. Act a little different, maybe even. You know, like, you you know, you can, you can watch yourself a little bit for a game. This is the first time in NFL history that the league has allowed a quarterback to be mic'd up for an entire season. And like you said, the personal life stuff, which is obviously very interesting for him because he had a new baby this year and all this stuff that goes with it, and people will look for any content that's related to this. And if if it's anything like the more recent stuff they've done, then it's going to be fascinating to watch. We'll talk more about uh, this Netflix show that's coming out this summer featuring Patrick Mahomes called Quarterback. It's going to be a really cool deep dive, we think, and that will be fun to to watch a little bit later on in a couple of months. Of course, we'll be keeping an eye on the Kansas City Royals who get spring training underway uh, last week, but really the first game tomorrow, Cactus League opener against the Rangers. And we go out to surprise Arizona right now here on Cody and Gold and welcome in Royals outfielder Kyle Isbell. Kyle, great to have you on the show. I hope it's a little bit warmer out there today because we had Daniel Lynch on yesterday and he, he was sniffling throughout the interview. He said it was freezing. Yeah, it's a lot warmer today. Uh, yesterday was probably 40 mile an hour winds and it, it was very cold, but it's just getting rid of getting us ready for Kansas City. <laughs> no question, man. No question about that. We, we did also notice uh, the Royal social team has been putting out a lot of content. And yesterday you and some of your teammates were asked about kind of like that, that food that you guys just have no interest in eating that you hate. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't pick one, Kyle. You, you said all vegetables. Yeah, I know. I really don't like vegetables. But honestly, that was a common theme, I felt like, for a lot of people. I mean, I think Coleman said no veggies at all, and a couple other people just named off vegetables. And I just 
went ahead and just set them all. No vegetables. <laughs> is it, it, do you not eat them, or is it just you don't like eating? I, I don't. I, I do eat them, um, just in like small quantity. But um, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have any. <laughs> where's Where's your quality on the picky eater scale? Like to me, I guess we've talked to a few different players. Seems like Massey's a little more open. Vinny's kind of like. Where do you land on that level of adventurous eating? I mean, the pickiest eater by far is MJ. He is he is super picky. But for me, I feel like I'm not really picky at all. There's stuff I like and I dislike, but if it's there, I'll eat it. Is it does it matter like on the on the condiment side of things? Because they give my, my co-hosts and my producer give me a hard time on my food habits because like I, if I'm having a hamburger and they accidentally put mayo on it, I'm out. I won't eat the hamburger. Yeah, I mean, usually I'm in with all the condiments. I'm not really picky on that. Um, I used to, when I was younger, get plain on everything, but I think I kind of grew out of that. And if it's there <laughs> now, I'm eating it. <laughs> Speaking of Royals outfielder Kyle Isbell, obviously the, the injury to Drew Waters stinks from a team perspective, but it can open a possibility for you in center field. I guess just now that you've got you know almost a full season worth of games under your belt, how comfortable are you playing center field at Kansas City if you have to play it for a long time this year? Yeah, I mean, that's what the position I'm most comfortable at. I can see the field a lot better out there in center field. I feel like um, as far as reading swings, seeing pitches, um, I'm the most comfortable in center field, and I'm just excited to be out there with all the guys. I, I think, I, you know, like we've, I think from an analytics perspective, you rate very well as somebody who sees the ball really well in center field. Like, it, do, you, do you find yourself, I guess, do you think that that is your elite skill set for center field, somebody who can track the ball better than most? Yeah, I would say that's my strength. Um, I feel like when pitcher throws a ball in the hitting zone, um, I can start moving before the guy even hits the ball because I feel like I can see the path of his swing. And I also take into account like different uh, shapes the pitchers throw. Like Brady's throwing a singer or uh, Brady's throwing a sinker. He's probably not going to get too many fly balls. So lefty, I'm going to probably shade over a little bit. And those softer balls, I'm going to come in and get those. But it's different for every pitcher, and it's obviously different for every hitter. How much do you use those kind of those metrics, those numbers to to play your game? The way you're talking about it, it feels like it's a big part of your defense. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I really pour into that. Um, I think if you can get that um, first step before they are making contact, that is an extreme advantage rather than waiting and seeing where the ball goes and then trying to track it down. And then you're, you're playing at Kaufman, so I mean, how much does that, how much was that? Now you've had a chance to play multiple games there. I understand that, but. How do you feel with, with Kaufman, and how long did it take you maybe to, to get comfortable? You know, honestly, uh, a lot of people say that, but I think Kaufman is uh, the most comfortable to play outfield because you have so much room to run around. You don't really have to worry about banging into anything. I feel like at some stadiums, like if a ball is over your head, I mean, that fence can be right there at uh, different stadiums rather than Kaufman. You can kind of just run free, and there's nothing stopping you. Speaking of Kyle Isbell here on Cody and Gold, what what kind of things, Kyle, are you working on uh, on your offensive game? We've talked a lot about like the hitting instruction the Royals had last year. What's the message from those guys for you, just for uh, how to improve your offense this year? Yeah, this off season, I just uh, really worked on my path. Um, I got in and out of the zone um, a lot last year. I hit a lot of balls hard, but as far as quality of contact, uh, wasn't necessarily there and. Um, for me, those ground balls turn those into line drives, and um, even hitting the ball in the air more is just going to optimize the batted, batted ball quality, and um, that's pretty much been the message, like keeping my path as long through the zone as I can and just being short and sweet to the ball. 
What what has the vibe been like here the week or so? I mean, it's, you got a bunch of new coaches, new coaching staff, new manager. Obviously, we were talking to Daniel Lynch about this yesterday. Just that the, the way it feels. What's the biggest difference right now for you guys? I mean, I just think the energy and the fun we're having every single day. Everyone's here early every day. Super excited to see and greet one another, and we're just we're having a lot of fun. It's uh, the energy's great, and uh, everyone's just a joy to be around. Uh, the coaching staff, everyone's meshing together really well, and we're just really excited for this year. I feel like I've heard a lot of people, maybe at the very least, hint at this, or it seems like suggest it. Is it less pressure packed? I guess of a spring training than before. Does it feel more relaxed under Quattraro than maybe than previous? Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's pretty relaxed here. I mean, everyone's smiling, having fun. Um, everyone's just doing their thing, and it's it's really a joy to watch. Um, everyone has smiles on their faces, and from the coaching staff to the players, like it's just we've been gelling really well. When you look at what what um, what kind of manager you think he'll be, um, wh- where, what do you like about him, I guess, in the early going? You've only got to know him for a few weeks, but what do you like about Matt? Yeah, I mean, he talks to every single player every single day, and you want to talk about love and care for uh, players, I feel like he really hits that on the nose. I mean, he's uh, he's really cares about your family off the field. He, he wants to be um, in your personal space in a very good way. He wants to know everything about you, and it, it's it's super comforting, and um, it's just fun to be around. Any fun, funny moments with him yet? I'm always just kind of curious because eventually those stories come out if a manager's with somebody long enough yet. Yeah. Has he pulled any pranks at anybody? Any funny moments yet with him? No, I haven't really seen uh, too many funny moments. I mean, he, he's starting to open up more day by day, and um, just the conversations he has is just – um, just good energy and just oh he's always positive and just a joy to be around. You mentioned everybody's kind of having having a lot of fun and, and, and being around each other so far at camp. When you when you guys aren't on the diamond though and you're away and, and you're back at your guys' place, either roommates or whatever it may be, what, what what's the free time been like? What have you what do you normally do, I guess, to, to get away from baseball? Yeah, um I I enjoy um like off roading like outdoor stuff. Um I know everyone has their own thing they like to do. Um we actually got to go to the Super Bowl. Uh was a couple weeks ago and that was actually my first NFL game. Wait, 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 hold on. First so, NFL game? Yeah, first. So, okay, so you were there with Bobby and MJ and those guys, but that yeah. was your first ever NFL game, and you went to one of the greatest Super Bowls we've seen. Yeah, that was the greatest game I've seen and the only <laughs> game I've seen. And my wife asked me, she goes, are you going to want to go to another NFL game? And I was like, eh, I don't know, but I'll definitely go to another Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, as I say, the bar is set very high. you got to make it out to Arrowhead at some point, but if yeah. you've been to a – if you've been to a Super Bowl, I don't know. I don't think you can really top that whatsoever. Now, who, yeah, who I've, I mean, I've heard Arrowhead is great. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going out there. Uh, that's a super fun team to watch. The, so. the Super Bowl's in Vegas next year. You're going to put together a couple of – you went to UNLV, right? You're going to put yeah. together a, a list of <laughs> spots we got to hit up? Yeah, that's the plan. The Chiefs are there. I'm there. So that's the plan. Who was your team growing up, though? I mean, you mentioned Vegas, so you guys didn't have the Raiders out there yet, So when you, when, even when you were in school. Yeah, my dad's from Houston, so I've always been like a big Houston Texans fan. Um, I like the Astros growing up, um, just kind of kind of that deal. But I've really, I mean, watching the Chiefs play is, is pretty incredible. It's pretty special to watch. So, were you part of the the fantasy football group? I know there's a lot, a lot of guys in that clubhouse that all have their their favorite team and, and pretty big NFL fans. Yeah, I did. I didn't play in that group uh, this year. I I did play. Um, I'm not super into fantasy football because I feel like, I mean, you got Granky that knows every <laughs> single player and I feel like he would just, he would just beat me. But, um, no, that's probably something I'll do this year though. 
This seems like a common theme for the interview, so we can stick with it for <laughs> spring training. Vinny, or I'm uh, sorry. So we asked if it too. Daniel Lynch told us that he went to go drop off uh, Zach's kids with him at school and encouraged him to go into school. So we found out that. Nikki said that he he said he couldn't golf with him because he wasn't a good enough handicap. He's like a 10 or 11, and Zach told him no. What's been your best Zach Creaky interaction so far? Um, I'm Honestly, um, I haven't had any crazy interactions with him, but um, I talked to him. I try to talk to him. I know last year I talked to him a ton. Um, just learning about his craft, honestly, he's one of the most successful pitchers of our era. And um, he's helped me out a lot on the hitting aspect just from – learning about pitchers and what they're trying to do and just talking in that whole fashion like he's he's pretty knowledgeable to say the least has he bragged about some of his own hitting prowess <laughs> um yeah i mean uh, we were in uh we were actually in chicago and um doing early work on the field and he jumps out there and <laughs> starts hitting in our group <laughs> Kyle That's Isbell, so really appreciate the time, man. Uh, hopefully nobody makes you any vegetables today. And uh, <laughs> good luck uh, to get this thing going tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you, guys. There you go. That's Kyle Isbell, Royals outfielder and, and obviously competing for the center field job. And tomorrow the Royals uh, will open up Cactus League play right here on 610 Sports Radio. Daniel Lynch will be on the mound. But uh, Kyle Isbell, all vegetables. He he means it. He does not want to eat <laughs> any vegetables. <laughs> He said small portions. He said small portions. He'll do it, but not not something you know. And he was at the he was at the Super Bowl. That was that's his, his first only, ever NFL game. That's bonkers. That's that's kind of wild. He said he was a tech. His dad, you know, was a Texans fan, and he kind of was a Texans fan or whatever. But that's that is pretty wild to not go to an NFL game. But your first one is not not only is it a Super Bowl, which is nuts, but it ended up being one of the better Super Bowls we've seen. Yeah, in our lifetime, if and not, it happens like, to include one of the teams that you know because if it were any two teams, if it were that close, there would have been a portion of baseball players would just go right like okay it's close what are the odds we can actually go to a super bowl totally makes sense makes it even easier for royals players when it happens to involve the other hometown team but i mean some of them would have gone anyway he happened to just go to one of the better super bowls ever good for kyle isbell i don't like uh i i don't know if you'd want to go to another regular i don't know if you want to go to well, another game. such a high <laughs> such a high bar it's the pinnacle of not only football, but I would argue one of American the, sports. Yeah, I mean, it is the freaking Super Bowl. Like, what else even rivals it? Masters Sunday? It's about as high as we're probably willing to go. I mean, there's a couple of things that are at least in the conversation, but it's pretty limited. All right, let's get to the random question today. Random question. For you, Gold, for you, Nick, and over on the J Southland Tow Service Text Line, 913-586-7610. I want to ask, uh, so there's a... More restaurants apparently are looking into a possible uh, subscription model. We talked to her about Apple TV. Well, restaurants? Companies like P.F. Chang's are starting to offer a subscription model where you'd be given a certain number of meals per month or a certain, uh, you know, food credit per month. So say like, hey, it's 50 bucks a month or it's $70 a month, but we'll give you $100 worth of food if you're willing to be a monthly subscriber to this thing. So the question I'm looking at here is, are you willing to actually entertain this from a restaurant perspective? I guess for Chipotle, your answer is yeah, yes. Is there absolutely. another one you would even consider it for? It just Chipotle. I mean, you know, I would save money, so it'd be worth it. I, if I'm going three or four times a week to Chipotle anyway, and you tell me, and, it, and my average trip probably is like a twelve dollar, thirteen dollar meal. If you told so you have me, to go ten times in a month or nine times in a month to justify it. Yeah, and I, I probably do. 
So that's the that's the answer for what me. What was the so I don't understand the question. I'm just asking exactly. if you would entertain this with any of your preferred restaurants. Let's say the places you typically go, Nick. Is there a subscription that you would entertain that it's like this makes sense for me from a I go there often enough that it actually justifies having a meal subscription plan similar to that as like Netflix are they, but with food. Are they sending it to my house? No, 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 no. no. It's, just you, it's just so you can It varies. Some of it, some of these subscription models have done the takeout model. Some of them are doing it from a um, you know, like they're offering you a certain amount of food credit per month that would do this. Like a Panera right now, you can do it for like eleven ninety nine a month. It's like unlimited hot and cold drinks, and you I've get seen a, the drink and thing. free yeah. delivery. Yeah, I've seen the drink. Dude, but if you're getting two, like if you're going to Starbucks four times a week, if you go to Panera instead three times, you're probably end up justifying the expense. Anybody, I don't think there's anything that I go to enough often enough. It's not to say I don't eat out. It's just that I'm not. I don't have like a go to spot that I'm at all the time. Weirdly enough, Chipotle would be my top spot, <laughs> but I obviously I'm not coming anywhere close to the frequency that gold goes there, but that would be probably my most often visited spot in town. Is there what, like what would you say is your answer, Cody? What is the most frequented restaurant? Ours in is probably City? like oh God, that's like from a sit-down restaurant perspective. So much of that changed. It doesn't have to COVID. be sit-down. Chipotle's up there. Like, we get that as much as anybody, but my kids like Happy Meals. So we'll end up getting, I get like a McChicken or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. McDonald's is somewhere on our list. There's almost no doubt about what it. What about if it were just for you? But if it just were like, for you and Emma. If it were the, then the, lo- the, the local Chinese place that's like five minutes from her house. If they're like, hey, gotcha. we'll give you a monthly subscription and for, you know, $50 a month, we'll give you $75 worth of credit. I'm in. Let's go. I will hit up the Chinese place three times a month. We'll be good to go. Because by the time you get two entrees and then you're like, well, you know, I want well, some crab rangoon and, I, you know, like, because Chinese will feed you three times. You know this, Nick. Yeah. Chinese with yeah. rice in the dish. If you get like, a, if you get egg rolls or crab rangoon, I feed you so, three times. So my guilty pleasure fast food joint is Raising Cane's. Raising Cane's? Yeah, I went through a stretch I where I had that a freaking love Raising Cane's. I haven't had that in a while, but there was a stretch where I was going free. That Texas toast along with the oh, chicken fingers dude. is incredible. And then you just don't move for three hours after that's, you eat it. That's the biggest problem with that. That's like eating French fries and, time. And, 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 and <laughs> Texas toast, fries, and breaded chicken. Like... Yeah, you just yeah, you don't want to move. You need a nap. That's that's the only problem with it. But it is the crinkle fries when they're right out of there or fresh. They're super stingy on giving you ketchup, though. I know they have their own little I don't get so- it. fry sauce or whatever you want to call it. But, the cane uh, sauce is yeah, why do you respect their cane sauce? sauce? Unbelievable. Respect their decision the and their sauce. sauce. The cane sauce is I know an that's what people S-tier love. Sauce. People love it. It's basically fry sauce. But as far as the ketchup, if you ask for it, there's I'll say I want ketchup. They will give me one damn pouch. Yeah, well, that's it. They're stingy with it. Like it's coming out of the paycheck. You think they're being a little tight on the ketchup? Yes, at that particular restaurant, they're yeah. probably not tight with the with the sauce. Why they're not just not. get the? Yeah, I don't like mayo, and their sauce has mayo mixed in. But it. but but have you ever had it, or you just decided I, there's mayo in it, so you're just out? It's fry. They call it cane sauce, and I've heard it's great. It's fry sauce. Okay? But you've never had it, okay? No, because but it doesn't taste I, like mayonnaise. I understand. I that, hate mayonnaise as well. I also hate sauce. It's mayonnaise. like ketchup and must, or mayo and other things mixed in there. But I also don't like mayonnaise, and I like that sauce. Like, I, I'm I telling you right I, now, I, I think you it. should give it a try. Their fries are great with the ketchup. It's fun. No. We're not, no. We're not letting you off the hook No. <laughs> Excuse me? No. <laughs> I also don't like mayo on I'm its own. It's not a mayo-flavored sauce.
Nick, you can, again, you cannot be critical of my fast food takes. You've never had a, a freaking hamburger from McDonald's in your life. Yeah, the worst one. I have not had the worst <laughs> had, fast food. You have not had a McDonald's hamburger, and you're 31 years I'm old. I'm not going to eat something that I can stick in my fridge for two years, pull it out, and it looks exactly the same. Oh, yeah, because the raisin canes you just brought up is something that just stays, that doesn't, doesn't stay. It, you, know, you know what Fresh will happen? It will, it will grow mold if I put it in the fridge for four weeks. Yeah, but again, but I don't, I don't care about because I'm not saving my McDonald's hamburger for, in my fridge. It's getting, <laughs> it's it, getting consumed away. immediately. It's getting, it's no, getting, that's the not pound, the point. The quarter pound the with cheese is getting. The point is that they put so much terrible things on those burgers that you can literally let them sit in your fridge for a year and it will look exactly the same as it did when you put it but in. But again, I, that's no, an issue. That's an issue for me. As picky as I am as an eater, I get the criticism, but you cannot be critical of other fast food places until you have had literally America's most recognized fast food place and had a hamburger for I there. would just like Once. you to try a sauce before you predetermine your hate for it. Cody, if you know you don't like certain ingredients then I'm not going to have something that I don't like. I don't know why that's so – why is that so hard? Why I gave, If you know you don't like something, why would you keep eating it? You don't know you don't like the sauce. Know you know I you don't, don't like, like ingredient. one ingredient Cody, component. You act like cane sauce. Like I've never had fry sauce in my life. It is basically fry sauce. By the way, I am looking for <laughs> – I my answer to this – if I had a home court sushi joint, that would be my answer, but I don't have a sushi place that I'm loyal to. So if anybody mm. ask David and Pedro, I'll help you out. I went to one called Sushi House that was pretty good. But if anybody has any suggestions for what I should make, go to Kyoto. My goat, you don't even eat sushi. I like a couple in Waldo a lot. I have friends. This that go there. question is not Ky- no. Kyoto. I have friends. You that go said there. it with such confidence. Kyoto. Like, oh, go to go to Kyoto. Yeah. No, you don't eat sushi. But Junes and Kokoro Maki House in Waldo are both fantastic, Nick. They're probably no more than about 10, 12 minutes from your place. Okay. Yeah, I know where Waldo's at. Those are going to be my recommendations. All right, coming up next, we'll get to the 1 o'clock hour. We're now expecting to have Michael Massey join us in the 1 o'clock hour as well. We'll do that and get back into a decision that has to be made at left tackle. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.